0: conclude uh, the series that we've started a month ago on others. And to me, I've um, really enjoyed the series from the sense that, uh, you know, that's what it's about, isn't it? It's not about us, it's about others. And so I've really appreciated just Charles's preaching and just the different thoughts that maybe have come through through the Word of God. And also I've really appreciated your feedback. Um, in the messages that we preach. So, the first week I preached on reaching others and some of the, the barriers we have um, as people to reach others that are outside our sphere of influence or our wealth. The second week Charles preached on positioning to reach others that God many times even through our trials is actually positioning us to reach another person and that sometimes our trials many times we think they're about us but actually God's positioning us so that we can help others through their trials and in doing that we have triumph isn't that a, that was a great message Last week I spoke on others' awareness, that we need to be aware of others around us and how, um, how aware are we of others? And I spoke on, do you hear or do you just listen? Now, how many uh, husbands went home and this week your wife has pulled you up on that and said, hey, you're not listening to me. Put your hand up if you got copped off and go, great, thanks, Pastor Nick, for doing that. But uh, all the wives, you would have been blessed because I spoke on the fact that, you know what, to be others aware... We have to not just hear, but we have to listen to what people are saying. And I also spoke about, it's not about just looking, but do we see? And we need to be aware of what God is doing. So today, I want to conclude, and the title of my message today is Great Opportunities to Reach people. I want to talk about the opportunities that have been given to us by God, and I believe they are great opportunities. Uh, In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9, the Apostle Paul says this, A great door... For effective work has opened for me. Another translation says, "A great door, a great opportunities have opened for us." And today, I want to talk about the incredible opportunities that we have here in this church. Firstly, you know, one of these are these are some of the great opportunities that we have. The church is in a great location. How many of you know that? We are in such a visible location. There are people that shop at Coles, and uh, I don't know if you've driven here at night, but our sign is far brighter than the Coles sign. And uh, you need to thank Dan Andrews. Dan, just stand for me just for a minute. Uh, This is Dan. I love him and his wife. They're amazing. So Dan works for uh, Metro Signs, and uh, he had them put more LED lights in our sign that actually were required because he took that scripture where a light on a hill let your light shine. So the first day when we came up and we saw the sign, we were literally blinded. I had to put my sunglasses on. Uh, but you know, we walk around now going, do you know what? Our sign is brighter than Coles and Quest and all these others. What an incredible location. And you'll be surprised how many people actually uh, walk past our building and some of them actually even come up and, and look through, uh, you know, the glass and everything like that to see that this is actually a church. So we have an incredible location. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays, usually the Coles car park is full and our our building is so visible. What a great opportunity. Secondly, the facility is fantastic. Um, you know, this facility, we have been so blessed. How many of you know that? For a church that's only three and a half years old, uh, to have a facility like... Like this, we are blessed, and I don 't know how many people we've had come through this building and, and just literally walk through those doors and say, "Wow, you guys are so blessed." Actually, this Wednesday, a corplex. Who built the building have actually entered this building uh, in one of the building awards, and uh, actually the people that give out that award will be here on Wednesday at 9:40 uh, because this building could actually build uh, could actually get an award. Isn't that great? That's amazing. Now we never set out to do that. I just call that the favor of God because it just puts us in places that most probably haven't thought of. The third thing is we've got incredible resources, and uh, not only do we own this building, but We owned the warehouse just across the car park. Now, we never thought when we were doing our budgeting, when that building came up, it was in my heart and I really, really felt God say, we need to grab that building to build a community centre. And uh, when it did come up, it was two years too early. And I thought to myself, how are we going to even pull this off? How are we, We've just built one building. How can we get into another building? But, you know, by the grace of God, he's given us the incredible favour and blessing on our life. for a church that's three and a half years old. And I know that we did have some good resources. But I want to tell you, when you put God first and his purpose first, he comes through. And we need to give him a hand of praise today. So we have got... Great resources that are available to us. And not only do we have building resources, but we have got great people resources. Do you know how blessed I feel when I look through the ranks of the leaders that are coming up, some of the young leaders in our church and the generational leaders uh, in our church, I think to myself, wow, for a church that's only three and a half years old, God has given us some incredible, incredible people. And, you know, you'll see some of them as they come up and we're constantly, do you know, we're constantly thinking about the future, constantly thinking about raising up the generations, constantly thinking thinking about what can we do to bring the next generations up. In saying that, let me say this, thank God for the generations that have even, you know, that are older. Like, for instance, you know, I'm a, I'm a baby boomer, but you know how many great baby boomers we have in our church? And you are vital to this church because you're like pillars, you're the ones that carry and you hold. And same with the builders, the older generation. We are the ones that are the pillars in the church. And we've got to carry the weight and the responsibility so the younger ones can grow. And as they grow, we can slowly put that weight and responsibility on them and see our grandchildren rejoice in God and see God do some great things. That's why you'll see guys like Gavin Abrahams. Gavin, you're an incredible young man. Unbelievable young man. Your wife's better looking than you, but you are an incredible young man. And, you know, Gavin and Chelsea have only been married for a short time. And, you know, I I look at them this morning and, and they're just one of many couples that we want to keep raising up so that we can see the generations serving God and blessing God. This morning, you know, little Xavier sits next to me and uh, he, look you know you think I run the church I think Xavier does you know what I mean Xavier's only how old is Xavier Jackie he's only five years old but look where could he be in 20 years time one of these kids that runs around here most probably kicks you in the shins and gives you a hard time will most probably end up being one of the senior pastors of the church And we will be blessed and we will remember the stories. And so we're committed and we thank God for the resources we have. But the greatest, the greatest blessing we have is God himself. God is awesome, and the great thing about God is God is for us; He builds the church, and if we are obedient and we are faithful, God will build his church i I am overwhelmed as a senior pastor of the incredible grace and favor that is upon our lives and upon the church. you know uh, somebody said to me the other day they a member from our church who has been in the Apostolic church for most probably 40, 50 years, uh, took me out to lunch and said to me, Do you know, if you really stop and think of the journey of this church over the last three and a half years, God has done amazing things and he's positioned us not so we can become famous, not so Uni Hill Church gets the glory, but because there is a purpose that he's put us here and we can't just sit back now with everything that we've been blessed with and just not see them as incredible opportunities to reach a broken and a hurting world and my heart is to make sure that we just don't sit back and enjoy these resources. Obviously there's going to be some of that but do you know what really what our goal is is to use these facilities, to use these opportunities, to use these open doors to reach a hurting world with a message of hope, truth and God's love. Can you give God a hand of praise this morning and thank him for it. So this morning you know I, I like to as the the senior pastor and the visionary leader of the church is to keep you updated and, and you will most probably every 3 to 4 months I will give you a a overview of where we're going. It's important that you understand our vision and that you understand where we are going. We we're not just aimlessly, you know, trying to do church or anything like that, but how many of you know that God's given us a vision and that vision is to make sure that we reach the lost. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to just go through the calendar of the next three to four months. And I've asked the ushers uh, if the ushers could just hand out um, these little brochures that we've had made this week, maybe just one per family if possible, because we don't have too many of them. We are going to get some more printed. But I want to hand these out to you so that we can actually go through the calendar and have a look at what's happening in our church and have a look at the opportunities that we all have uh, as a church. So they'll be handing those out very, very quickly. Uh, Because we're, we're waiting for them, we'll just wait and I'll just... Talk about the bombers losing today against Colton, since Charles is absolutely set that that's going to happen. We'll see what actually happens. Actually, I think that we can put this on the screen so you can follow it if you haven't got one of these anyway. Got one, all good. Don't argue over them; they're free. It's all good. Okay, starting in May. Everybody got one put your hand if you haven't put your hand up if you haven 't got one just over here, just over there, just over there. fantastic. Somebody in the middle over here over here somebody didn 't have one back there, all good, fantastic. Let, let me just go through the calendar of our church in May coming up this month today 's the first of May. Uh, But coming up in May, I think it's the third week of May, or the fourth weekend of May, we have a fashion parade. Now, the fashion parade is not actually about us showing off, uh, you know, all the good-looking people we have in our church. We, yesterday, Pastor Charles, uh, Ryan, uh, and also I think Nathan Hendry, was it Nathan Hendry? Just you and Ryan. Wow, okay. Uh, you and Ryan, um, Charles and Ryan, they, they actually worked on the catwalk. So we've actually got, how, how long's the catwalk, Charles? 7.2 metres of a catwalk. And we're going to put it straight down the middle here and we're going to uh, configurate the, the building a little bit differently. And, and this fashion parade, the reason for it is twofold. Number one is we want to create an opportunity to raise money so that we can put that money towards um, uh, getting all, our, all the people that are interested in cooking. We've got an incredible kitchen. And um, we want to cook meals and then freeze them for anybody, any needs in the community that will arise over the next three to four months where people, for some reason, uh, don't have the opportunity to take care of themselves. This week, for instance, Angie Wicks, Um, She had an accident. She broke her ankle in three places. She's in hospital and she's part of our church community. Um, And so I'm so thankful to our pastoral team that quickly got meals to them, which is absolutely fantastic. But what I want to do is broaden it. And I'd love for us to, for any of us that heard of a need, whether it was a neighbor, uh, whether it was somebody that we just heard of, people that don't necessarily come to our church. Um, that we would, as a church, respond. No strings attached. No, look, here's a meal. You have to come to church. No payment. No nothing. We just want to love on you. How many of you think that's a great idea? That's the gospel. And so that's one opportunity. The upper opportunity is we want to invite the unchurched. You know, some people don't, won't freely walk into a church because they have sorts of different concepts what church is like. So we want to create an opportunity where people can have, come and have fun. They can relate. And they can go, you know what? I didn't think church was like that. So it's twofold, and we need to help the unchurch. We need to build a bridge so that they can actually walk across that bridge and come into this world so we can love upon them and say, you know what, we're actually normal people. How many of you know we're normal people? Look at the person you're sitting next to right now. They are definitely not normal, but we're normal people. People have weird ideas about Christians. And we want to break down those walls and we want to create as many opportunities as we can to allow people to come into this environment, into this atmosphere, so that they can connect uh, somewhere. You know, it all starts with connection. And so this fashion parade is a great opportunity. And can I also say this? Don't just buy a ticket for yourself. Why Why don't you... Come out of that world and buy a ticket for a friend, for a neighbour. We've been trying to get our neighbours to come over for tea, and um, it's just been really hard. But you know, I'm really—I I feel we need to go and invite them. Say, hey, why don't you come to the fashion parade? There are different ways that we can connect with people, and you don't know what will help a person connect. The second thing is in June. Uh, I've got a couple, and I won't mention their names yet, but. I've got a couple, I've asked a couple who um, have had to walk through grief. Uh, I didn't know the story that you spoke about this morning, uh, Pastor Dave, and that's an incredible journey that people have to go through. But this couple also lost a child, and uh, I've invited them to come because, you know, a lot of people today grieve. Not that everybody has lost a loved one, but grief is a funny thing because it's it's the effect of the heart through loss. And so I've invited this couple to come in June, and uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to get them to share about how to walk through grief. I think it's going to be a really powerful, powerful Sunday and uh, we're going to see some great things happen on that Sunday. But I just want you to be aware of it as a church that this is another opportunity to maybe invite someone that has walked or is walking through something that needs special care and needs special attention. And so we want to create that opportunity. In July, we have hope to it. And uh, Hope Tour is something that's been birthed by God. It's an opportunity for our church for one week, five days. I think this year we're going into 22 schools, and which is absolutely amazing to connect our church with our community. Again, no strings attached. No, hey, you've got to come to our church. But how many of you know it's an incredible opportunity? And to get into schools is, a, is an amazing thing. The way that God has opened up the doors for pastors, to Charles and I want to commend you for the hard work. It's absolutely amazing, but you know what? A great opportunity for our church, and uh, I can see that God is going to increase this because not only are we doing it in this location, but this year, as of last year, we're also going to Bendigo. We're going to Geelong, and I think it's happening in Queensland. Isn't that amazing? That something that started here, little old Uni Hill Church, when we were only a hundred people, uh, now. Uh, we're launching it out into another state. Isn't that amazing? This could become a national tour because if we're faithful to the doors God opens for us, he will continue to open even more doors. So we're thrilled about that. Then in August, we're going to do a... We call it a recovery course, but it's really about emotional health. And the reason that we want to do this course is because uh, when we do that, uh, when we have that couple come and talk about grief, we want to create an opportunity for people to be able to come and maybe come into a, a an environment where they can be loved and maybe taught some principles that will help them in their journey. Also, in the month of August, we're going to do some discipleship courses, in other words, to develop... Uh, leaders in our church for God's purpose. And it's going to be a great month. In September, I'm so looking forward to September because uh, the person we're bringing over is an evangelist called Mark Ritchie. Mark Ritchie is one of the uh, foremost evangelists in the UK. And I met Mark most probably uh, six or seven years ago. He was trained by Jay Johns, I don't know if you've heard of Jay Johns, a great, great evangelist. And when I met Mark, I actually had him speak in our church when I was pastoring in England... And I loved his heart. He's actually a, a, a Scot, uh, but he lives in England. And uh, just at, when he opens his mouth and speaks, you just laugh. I don't know why. But his accent just, just draws you in. His personality, his heart for people is so large. And uh, the great thing is God has gifted him uh, not just to reach people through um, you know, just through preaching the gospel, but he's given him a gift as a comedian. And last year, he took a huge risk as he went to the Edinburgh Comedy Festival and put on an hour show. It was a Christian show to talk about God and how God loves people. As people were laughing, people were getting touched by the power of God. And so I've invested, we've invested as a church. We're going to share him with three other churches. It's the first time that we've done anything like that as a church, but there are other international people that I'd like to bring to this church to help us in our growth. And so what we're going to do is when Mark comes, uh, his first Sunday will be Father's Day uh, because I believe it'll be a great day to launch his ministry uh, on Father's Day because he carries a father's heart and I think it'll be absolutely fantastic. Uh, And what we're going to do with him is we're going to put on a comedy festival for a couple of Wednesdays. We're believing, I just spoke to Bernie, uh, who uh, is in our church, who helped build this building, that uh, we're going to start building our our warehouse, and uh, hopefully that'll be finished by September. We'll have an auditorium in there that'll sit between 120 and 150. We're going to turn that place into a, a boutique a comedy place where there'll be coffee, there'll be all sorts of things. And Mark is going to come and we're going to put on a couple of comedy shows that he will run. And the whole purpose is not just to make people laugh, but to give them an opportunity to hear the gospel. And uh, do you know, there's something about laughter. There's something that opens up your heart. And I'll show you a DVD of him later on as we get closer. But I'm so, um, so uh, looking forward to that because I know he will help us in reaching Uh, people Uh, and the other thing is we've got history makers on that month which is our youth go to history makers and every time our youth go to history makers something profound happens so how many of you think they are some great open doors they are some great opportunities and I believe that if we really just are faithful to God and we take these opportunities that we will see God do some amazing things at the bottom of this brochure is also prayer um About three or four weeks ago, when I got up on the platform, I I talked about one of the burdens that I carry is the burden of prayer. And I believe that prayer changes things. And I've been praying and saying, God, how can we uh, corporately come together and create situations where we can come and pray? And so I feel over the last week or two, while I've been praying, the Holy Spirit has given me a strategy to uh, implement in our church in the area of prayer. And so what we're going to, um, what I'm going to suggest is that in the month of June, we have four prayer meetings. Uh, The first one would be on Sunday the 5th. Now, we, we don't have Sunday night meetings. Um, but you know what? Many people have Sundays free. And so what I'd like us to do that on Sunday the 5th, between 5 and 6, we're going to gather together as many people that can come and just pray. Let me tell you, these things will begin, the doors will begin to unlock. God will give us keys as we pray. And so I'm going to ask the church to come together on that Sunday. Then we're going we're to do Sundays and we're going to do Friday mornings because some people can't come to one or can't come to the other. So the alternative will be on a Friday morning from 7 to 8 o'clock. Then on Sunday the 19th, we're going to have another Sunday night meeting. But I would love that particular Sunday to have a baptismal service. I mean, you think that would be a great idea. And you see people baptised and then pray, not just for them, but also pray for others to get saved. So, you know, we're going to just implement different things. And then we're going to finish the prayer month with Friday the 24th from 7 till eight o'clock so how many of you are a little bit excited about that only three people how many of you are excited about that and grab a hold of this don't just put this on your refrigerator do that so that you can see it but put it in your calendar you know make you know these days you've got iPhones you've got all sorts of things put it in and say you know what I'm going to make an effort to be part of what God is doing the other thing is that this week We're launching Alpha. Now, I've been carrying Alpha in my heart for a couple of years, and I've really wanted to launch the program but have not felt it being the right time. And I I feel if we're going to reach... You know, people that are unchurched, we need to make sure that we've got things set up. It's like you've got to set up a nursery if you're going to have a new baby. And so we're, we're setting up uh, different programs. And Alpha is a great program because it is for unchurched. And so if people come and want to know more about the church, we'll have the Alpha program already set in motion. The, the, the thing that's happening this month is a group of people, and I won't go into too much detail, are being trained in that course, so that we can run not just one, but wouldn't it be great to run two or three at a time so that we can see a great harvest for the kingdom of God? Machine gun this morning. So I want to conclude this morning with God wants you and me to get involved in the miracles. And I want to just turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to share a passage of Scripture because I would love for all of us to be involved with the doors of opportunities that God is opening. So 2 Kings chapter 4 is the story of the widow's oil. The story is about a woman who, whose husband was part of the company of the group of prophets. And her husband had died and left a huge debt. The debt was so large that she couldn't pay it off. And the debtor said, uh, if you can't pay up your debt, we're going to take your sons as slaves and they will work for us to pay the debt off. So let me read it. The wife of the man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elijah, who was a prophet. Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What, what in two incredible questions. First he asks, how can I help you? And then he sort of shifts the question and like puts a responsibility on her and says, "Uh, by the way, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into the jars and as each is filled, put it on one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the the oil and pay for all your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What an incredible story. I don't know if you've ever been in need. Have you ever been in a place where you are in an incredible need? Actually, you're in a crisis and you've asked for help. And uh, here's this lady. She's incredible. She has got a crisis on her hand. She, she's she got nothing. And she goes to the man of God, to Elijah, for help. And, do you know, when I thought of the story, if people come to me, I, I quickly try and think, how can I meet that need? And usually, we try and meet it by, through our own resources. But Elijah does something totally different. See, this is what I found out about God, that God wants you to be involved with your miracle. Many times we want God to do everything for us. But when I read scripture, whenever Jesus healed somebody or Jesus uh, you know, was met with a great need, he always put a level of responsibility on the person who had the need. And the reason being is that Jesus wants us to use our faith. He, he wants us to be part of the miracle. Many times we don't receive miracles in our life because we cry out and we say, God help us, but we want God to do everything and we want to stay cocooned in our little crisis instead of stepping out in faith and seeing what God will do. It's not that God can't do it. It's not that Elijah didn't have the resources, because if you actually read the story, she was really uh, looking to him and saying, listen, my husband belonged to your company of prophets. She was sort of putting, you know, the responsibility on him, and he sort of turns the question around and says, how can I help you? But by the way, what have you got in your house? Every crisis you go through, we tend to throw the need onto somebody else and yet God in his wisdom, because let me tell you, the miracle starts with you. He wants you to step out of your crisis and he doesn't do it because he he doesn't feel for us or he doesn't care for us, but actually the miracle will be stopped if you don't take steps of faith. And then he says, but what have you got? And he gives her a task. And he says, get you and your sons and go and get as many empty jars as you can to from your neighbours. It's a bit weird. Now, I, I've got to be honest with you. I think if someone came to me, I'd sort of go, okay, look, we're going to take up an offering for you. We'll take up an offering. Um Hang on, look, I've got my own personal resources. Maybe I can meet the need. You know, sometimes that is necessary and that needs to happen. But I have found that God doesn't want to just bless us. He wants to build us. How many of you know that? Because many of us, we live in this whole concept of just blessing, but God doesn't want to just bless you. He wants to build you. God can give you, you've heard of the saying, someone can give you a fish and feed you for a day, or they can give you a fishing line and feed you for a lifetime. Faith is exactly the same. God doesn't want to just bless us, but he wants to build us. That's why he wants to teach us how to step out in faith. So why am I sharing this passage of scripture today? Why don't we all make a decision to get involved with the miracle of salvations? Don't leave it. And this is what usually happens in church life. Usually it's just a group of people, it's leaders, it's people that maybe carry vision and things like that. But I believe that God wants all of us to be involved with the miracle of salvations. Let, let's, let's break the, the mold because usually they say, statistics say that 20% of churches actually carry the responsibility of that church. But what would happen if every person in our church began to get a hunger for the unchurched and began to go, you know what, I want to be part of the miracle. Because if you're part of the miracle, let me tell you something, something will happen in you and while you need a miracle, while you're helping somebody else on their miracle, you'll get your miracle. God wants to unlock this incredible resource that we have in our church. See, if you're looking for direction, who's ever gone, I need direction in my life? Actually, there's people here today, you're praying for direction. You're praying, God, what's my next step? God, what do I need to do? God, help me. God, please, don't you hear my prayer. And you know what? Sometimes we're sitting in this place, nothing is happening, and we're a little bit like the, this woman with the, you know, that that needs that needs to pay her debt, and we're crying out. And, and you know, this is what I found about getting direction: just get moving. Do what's at hand. Because sometimes while we're waiting there, God, I'm not moving till you talk to me. God says, "Will you start to take some steps forward and guess what direction will become clear to you. How many of you have ever tried to move your car when you haven't turned the ignition on? Try it. Try getting home today. You know, your car's in the car park and uh, just sit in the car and go, you know what? Take me home, James. See what happens. Firstly, the steering wheel's locked. You have to turn the ignition. The first couple of locks, you you unlock the steering wheel. As soon as you put the engine on, guess what happens? You are starting to take motion. As soon as you put the car in gear, you can start to get direction. See, friends, let me tell you this. Most of the miracles, most of the things that we find ourselves in, we are entrapped by our own mindsets. So if you want direction... And you're asking for direction. Am I saying not to pray? Pray. But do you know what? This is what I've found about God. Hey, what's at hand? Just do what's at hand. And guess what happens? As you're taking those steps and doing whatever is at hand, it might take you this way. It might take you that way. But eventually you'll start looking up and you'll start seeing the very desire that you have is in the direction that God's trying to take you. Unlock. Don't just sit there and do nothing. If you're looking for direction, I know there's timing and a few other things involved, but let me say this to you. If you're looking for direction, don't just sit there and think that God's going to give you this blueprint because that's not how God works. God will take you through a process so that you can unlock your heart and grab a hold of the direction that God's got for you. You might feel disconnected. You know, in a church like this, I guarantee you, there are people that feel disconnected. We try hard. We try to, you know, get people, we say, hey, why don't you pastor your own row? You know, Nicholas said to she says, I love that. Now, I'm not silly. I, I guarantee you that there are people that hate that. There's some people that are going, oh, gosh, I hate fellowship time now, because Pastor Nick has said, you've got to pastor your row. I'm doing it for a reason. I'm doing it to try and get us out of our comfort zones and our own mindsets to try and help us build a culture that the connection of church does not start and it's not the responsibility is not just me and Charles or me and our pastoral team because it's impossible to do that. But what would happen if we all took responsibility? Something amazing would happen. And sometimes, let me tell you this, I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, I'd really like to get to know people. The best thing to do is get on our door. Become, a, become an usher on the door. Man, you want to connect? Great way to connect. <laughs> we put lollies in your hands so you can help, you know, the introduction. But if you step out, I've gone to places where, you know, I've had to go and that I don't know anybody. And it's awkward. It's very awkward. And I could sit there and wait for somebody to come and talk to me. I've shifted. I go, you know what? I'm going to go and introduce myself. The moment I do, something breaks over me. Now, I know I've said this before and some of you don't believe me, but I'm, I'm a shy person. Uh, I'm melancholy by nature. Choleric is my leadership uh, gifting. My personality, that's how I express myself. But really, deep down, I'm a shy person. I find it just as hard as you do to go up to someone and say hello. How many of you believe that? Put your hand up. Nobody, look at you. (laughs) Do you know why? Because I've had to break the mindset of my mind Your personality should not dictate the purpose and the promises of God over your life. Don't let your personality control the calling of God. Don't let your personality, because we've all got different personalities. We all struggle, every one of you. I struggle with the same things that you struggle with, believe me. Talk about anxiety, sometimes, boy, I've I've struggled with anxiety. That was a great word you had this morning, Charles. Some, some days I have to fight, and the fight's right up here. Boy, there's a fight. And I'm the senior pastor. And if you think I get up every morning and go, whoopee. <laughs> here it is, here it is. Let's face the day. There are some mornings, let me tell you, I don't want to get out of bed. You've got a couple down here that have had to face cancer with their son, and Nicholas, personally, you, are, you, you if you get a chance to have a coffee with him, ask him how your mind works when those things are happening. We all live in the same place, but we don't have to live there. We can make miracles happen. And the moment that I make a decision and I get out of my comfort zone and I go, you know what, I'm going to go and say hello to that person. I'll make beelines to catch people. Because I refuse, I refuse to let my own personality and my fears dictate the call of God on my life. I I refuse to allow myself to be cocooned in a little box. And you know what? Every time I've stepped out, every time I've gone and got that empty jar, God's filled it with oil every time I've gone to get an empty jar, every time I've opened up my heart, every time I've reached out. And, you know, I'm talking about when I go out in in places like cafes and different places, you know, I I purposely go, you know, when I go today to this cafe, I'm going to be open to see who God wants me to talk to. Just try it. If you feel disconnected, can I please, can I ask you, please help yourself. Does that sound not very pastoral? We'll love you as much as possible, but step out. God has got so much for us. Be part of the miracle. And you know what? Take a risk. Take one of these brochures, one of these fashion brochures. Take a risk. Step out. Maybe you haven't been able to talk to a friend, but you just don't know what God will do. And God will enrich your world. Here's the third thing. Maybe you need emotional healing. You know, sometimes when you're going through pain, it's very difficult. This is what I found out about pain. You know, this year, no, sorry, last year, I had a knee operation. My right knee, football injury. I could have been an AFL star, but (laughs) I was taken out at a young age. Just my knee just, you know, just like I could have been famous in music with Nicky and the Boys. I could have made it big, but... These things happen. God had a higher calling. Do you know, when I went to hospital, they were so insensitive. They were so... I went to... Oh, I better not tell you where I went to hospital. (laughs) They were so insensitive. They operated on my knee in the afternoon. The next day, they wanted me to walk. This was a knee reconstruction. This wasn't any little prick of a needle... This was a huge, this would have taken most people out. They're gone, finished. I'm talking maximum pain. There's not many men in here that could have handled that pain, I tell you now. They were so insensitive. The day after, lunchtime, I remember it hi nick how are you in comes the nurse how are you nick yeah good, good. we're gonna go for a walk so we're gonna go for a walk I so i just had a knee operation she goes yeah you need to walk i said but i just had she goes no you need to walk because part of your healing process is you have to start moving i'm there what i said yeah but i cannot it's got this huge bandage i gave every excuse you should have heard the excuses are brilliant The trouble with the nurse is she had not a sensitive bone in her body. There was no sensitivity, man. She just, you know, get out of bed. You know, and I'm there like, can you help me? (laughs) Come on now, just swing your knee across, you know. Now, I hate hospitals. I fainted three times in hospitals. And here she was. Come on. She was like the sergeant major, you know, getting out there and And then she, you know, here's your crutch, and I'm walking along like this. Then she goes, as you go, we're going to get you, I'm going to get you just to use one crutch, not both, because you've got to move your knee, move your knee. Then she had me go down two stairs. Now, come on, you know, I mean, I can do a walk, but now this is getting ridiculous. And this is what she said to me. The more you move your knee, the more your recovery is going to be faster and better. I thought, wow. The thing is that when I got home, I thought I was going to get a little bit of sympathy, but nothing. I mean, I had to. I was lying on the couch saying, Meredith, could, could you get me a cup of tea, please? She goes, what, what did the nurse tell you? So what am I trying to say? Are we to be insensitive when people are hurting? No. Are we to care yes but can I just say this I think that God has ordained it that he wants us to be part of the miracle and if you're hurting emotionally do you know what when you reach out and start helping somebody else in their pain I guarantee you you're going to heal a lot faster (laughs) But if you're hurting and you retract and you go, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait till I'm healed for God to use me. Now, I understand that there's rest. Restoration, part of it is rest. Sometimes you do need to rest. But can I also give you the flip side of that? Sometimes in your own pain, you can have empathy. And you can touch a person deeper than a person that hasn't gone through praying. When Nicholas was going through his treatment in cancer, he actually didn't take a step back. I was amazed because even in his own crisis and his own pain, he still kept giving out to people. And you came through that process incredibly. See, friends, let me say this to you. Why don't we all be part of the miracle of God? Why don't we all get involved? Why don't we all come out of our comfort zones? Take steps of faith. Why don't we all be willing to do anything that's needed? Because here's the other thing. Sometimes well, world pastor you know, that's not my ministry. You know, I love to, you know, my ministry is to just, you know, do things in the house. But you know what? We're all called to reach the unchurched. Why don't we take those steps? Why don't you say, you know what? I'm going to look at those prayer meetings and I'm going to come and I'm going to attend as much as possible. Do you know your attendance alone could change things? I don't know if they do this in any other football club. I think they do. But in Adelaide, they've got a great football ground. And the crowd, they call the crowd the 19th man. Do they do that in other football clubs? No, only Adelaide because Adelaide's the best. Okay, But you know what? They reckon that if you, if you go to the Adelaide Football Club, the crowd becomes like another player. Did you know you're, sometimes you might think, well, what can my attendance do? I'm not involved in anything, but your attendance can bring great encouragement to another person. Be generous. What do I mean by that? It's not just about giving of your, your tithes and your offerings, but give, give of your time. And above all, be an encourager. Do you know we all need encouragement? If somebody, if somebody steps out in faith, why don't you encourage them? Why don't you encourage them? Because you know what? As you encourage them, you'll be encouraged. This is how it works. Let me tell you how it works. Every time that you step out of your comfort zone, every time that you refuse to be governed by your own personality or your own crisis, every time that you take away the limitations of your world, God releases miracles all over the place. We have been given an incredible opportunity, an unbelievable opportunity in this place. Let's make sure that we take a hold of it. Why not you stand to your feet? Why not you give God a hand of praise this morning and just thank Him and...